Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Chels. I'm Kerry Levy, this is the Chels Podcast, and oh my lord, three points already in the bag on a Monday night, Tuesday day, here we are, happy, happy, happy. To celebrate with me is the wonderful Seb Fontaine. Hi, how are you going? Uh, good, I'm good. How are you? Been busy this summer? Yeah, massive. In fact, you know, I should. My, this summer should be my retirement zone, but it's not. It's been gigging every week at the moment, so... Is that... And something about two, three times a week, yeah. And are you coping with it okay? Oh, I've been in practice. I've been, in, I've been pre-training for the rest of the year, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so are you going to calm down or is it just going to carry on for you? Uh, no, it's going to carry on. Excellent. Carry on like our team. Excellent. Well, carry on a bit like uh, Mr. Gary Hayes, who's here two weeks running, because last week, I don't know if you know, Seb, was quite dramatic, because Gary dislocated his shoulder, he was in a sling, he was in a lot of pain, because he'd been putting together an Ikea cabinet, but Gary's here today, and he's without his sling, and I believe the cabinet's nearly finished. It is, and I'm doing a Diego Costa, turning up late, and... Hit in the back of the net. Excellent, hey. excellent. <laughs> oh, do you have netting on your walls then? Uh, but no, like, but th- this is an idea. You should come round and do some interior design. You should do some interior design with me. I think we could make a programme about that. It'd be lovely. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, where do we start? Last week, Seb, I was a little bit apprehensive. I was a bit nervous. I was thinking, yeah, we've bought back Schwey. But he looks like his potential, as Gary was saying. And uh, Kante looked to me like, oh, he could actually be magical. What, are you ner- what were you nervous of? The lack of signings or, the, or that Conte wouldn't be able to turn it round? Or... The, the lack of signings, really, and the fact that it looked as though we were heading to the same team to start. Well, I mean, la- last night, you know, I, you, get, you get the little thing from, on your phone, the team sheet, and as soon as you saw... Ivanovic, Cahill, Terry, hang on, isn't that the same back four that shipped more goals than any team had, any Chelsea team had in 30 years or something? And then all of a sudden, we haven't done, we haven't bought anyone, anyone. I mean, Ivanovic, I know he gets picked on, but yeah, that was the, everyone, everyone kind of targeted him as the weakness. We've done nothing about it, which is odd. But, but the godfather, <laughs> the godfather, as opposed to the sport one, seems to be getting, I mean, they looked more organised last night. They did. I mean, how were you were feeling a bit nervous about last night, weren't you, Gary? I predicted 3-0 last week. Yeah, but you say that. I know you. I know <laughs> no, you. no, I think, um, realistically, there was a, a seed of doubt, but just because, like Seb says, we were coming off the back of a, our worst defensive record since 96-97, and um, there was not much added to it, so you weren't sure what to expect. But I think signing Kante is the start of that. I know we haven't had any new defenders come in, but... I think having someone in front of them, the screening them the way that he did last night, I think shows where they're trying to take it. But part of me now, I'm thinking that I was, I was getting a bit disappointed we weren't signing anyone, sign anyone over the summer. But I think that now when you look at it, that the defence needs new faces. But I prefer them to be patient with it and get the right player in rather than just spending £30 million because they need a player. Well, I mean, also, isn't it a bit like having, you know, 10 new players plus one really new player? You know, I mean, there, there was a difference in a lot of them. Okay, I mean, we'll get on to how it broke down, and you know, there's a lot to improve on. But for me, I, you know, it was the the uh, uh, Conte and Kante show. Yeah, it was, and I think that 
the really positive bit about it was, um, you know, a lot of those players were outside of um, Kante played last season. And, but, but it was a system that they were used in. I think when Gus came in, he didn't really change anything that Jose had been doing. And that dreadful uh, 4-2-3-1 that had been failing so much was, was still being used. And the team was stale because of it. And it was a point we made last week how um, Conte's come in and by changing the system, he's suddenly given us strengths in areas we didn't realise we had them. And um, I think by playing the way they did, they, they were able to marshal Andy Carroll a lot easier because they were playing so high up the pitch that it allowed... Cahill to challenge and Terry to mop up or vice versa. So he was totally out of the game. And the, the, the game plan that West Ham had gone there with just totally went out the window because of the way Chelsea played against them. And, you know, Valencia couldn't get into it on, on the flank. And obviously missing Payet helped, you know, helped us. But um, I think overall, just the way that we played football in the opposition half, which we didn't do a lot last year, Ivanovic was playing so far forward that he wasn't really getting exposed defensively and Aspilicueta seeing him go, go beyond the halfway line for a change was, was refreshing but as well th- this is my point is that actually you know what was it the team that started last night was exactly the same team that started last season apart from Kante for Fabregas yep. and yet the system isn't that different to what we played last season it's tweaked as opposed to being dramatically overhauled and we're not playing 3-5-2 or whatever. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's tweaking at the moment, trying to obviously introduce certain ways of playing for those players. But Kante seems to allow those full-backs to push forward because they trust him. He was suddenly left... You know, were you a bit nervous when he got a yellow card in the first two minutes? <laughs> well, he kept it together. Yeah, he did, which was great. So, yeah, it could have been sent off, but there you go. I mean, I did think, funny enough, when, when I got the team sheet and I saw Matic and Kante, I was, I was dreading the 4-2-3-1 because it didn't give the formation. I thought, oh, God, not that turgid double double holding midfielder, like when, yeah, which, when had, which had just been just the, just the most boring football we've seen in years. And but uh, Matic played a great game. He was dribbling forward, and I mean, he looked f- full of confidence last night. I thought he was my player of the game actually last night. Well, in a way, Kante was, but Matic kind of was because Kante made was, him. He play. was most improved player. Yeah, most, most improved. Most improved player. I thought last night he was really he was he was a breath of fresh. He was like signing a new player. So yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised to see him play that well in that position because when Chelsea signed him, he was an attacking midfielder anyway, and it's only when he went to Benfica that he became this yeah. defensive player anyway. So he's familiar with that. And because uh, I always thought it was interesting how, um, going back to Gus, how Gus used to refer to him as one of his attacking midfielders because when Gus was there originally in 2009, Matic was there and he was an attacking midfielder. You know, so um, I, think, I think that 4-1-4-1, it worked really well. And um, he, he played it against Bremen on the last game of pre-season and they caused a lot of issues defensively. But I think that they've ironed them out during the, the week since then, you know, leading into this West Ham game. I mean, also, I mean, you have to say, the amount of work has obviously gone in since that Werder Bremen game and what we're now seeing, it does seem to me as though pre-season was all about him having a look at a certain few players to make sure he wanted to get rid of them. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, the, the whole thought about playing for the season, minutes under the belt, I don't think seemed to worry Conte. I think he just thought, I'm going to work with them from the moment we get back from Werder Bremen and I'll get them into shape. Now I know what they can do. Other player who, for me, actually had a very good game last night was Oscar. Yep. Shame Phil isn't here. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't come. He was so, so shocked that he's had to stay away. The, but... the problem with Oscar, as we've known, you know, he's not, we've had him, what, three, four years? He will go missing at some point in the season for a couple of months. A little bit like Fabregas, actually. Maybe. I mean, losing one... I mean, they're going to say it it was going to be Oscar that was going and it now looks like it's going to be Fabregas that goes of the two. I I, I couldn't put much between... They both go missing a little bit. I do do think we might miss some of Fabregas' passes at some point in the season. There are times that we've struggled to unlock a team and Fabregas' pinpoint long passes have been fantastic. And I, I mean, but Oscar did play well last night. He, yeah, you know, considering he was re- he was at the top of the list to go. I think I think he's really pulled his put his work in to try and prove himself. Yeah. The, the, the concern is is that he, he does it, and like you say, that you're banking on a time in the season when he's going to go missing. He um, will. Do, I mean, literally, it's it's a, it's a money on that. But yeah. th- but this is what you're hoping to find from Conte is that he sees that coming and doesn't allow it. I mean. Okay, talk about going missing. Um, I don't know if you saw some of the stuff that Gary Neville said after the game yesterday. He made an interesting point about Eden Hazard being player of the match, but at the same time having to be pulled off the pitch because 
he'd stopped doing what he was doing, that he got complacent after he went 1-0 up and ended standing around rather than taking players on, driving at them, and he made a very good point. When they subbed Antonio, who'd had a nightmare against Eden and brought on Sam, what's his name? Sam Byram. Yeah, uh, you know, new kid straight into the team there. And, you know, Eden should have been having a go at him. But he stopped, and he does do that. And interestingly... Obviously, Conte noticed that because he hoiked him off. Yeah, I know. think I think fitness could be of an course. issue on that, uh, just because it's the first game of the season and he's you know getting tiring legs. And By- Byron, when West Ham signed him in January, he looked a good player then from Leeds. And um, yeah, just him coming on, he's a proper right back. Whereas you know we all know that Antonio isn't. He was a lifeguard at Tooting Lido, wasn't he, or something? <laughs> <laughs> You know what, there's not, nothing great looking up at the board and seeing Hazard off and Moses on. He never feels like that's a good substitution, though. Oh, do you not think... I thought Victor mm. Moses... I, I, I think is, that's oh. the role Moses can play this yeah, season, though. The, the last 10, 15 minutes, his work rate's incredible, and he keeps that intensity up. Because if you're playing with the players like Hazard in those positions, that you're asking so much of him over 90 minutes, it's in the, the latter stage when they're going to start fading, whereas Moses coming in to almost see a game out, I know it was one all at the time, but um, I think that's the position, that, that's his role in that team. He's, he's not going to be a guaranteed starter every week. No. But that's where Chelsea but, failed last year, is that outside of William, Hazard and, and Oscar, they didn't really have anyone else to come and in. And he's a proper winger. Yeah. You know, and uh, honestly, you know, Victor Moses has had a very strange few years at Chelsea. But during pre-season, I think... I think he, he, has being... a, he has a good pre-season every year and he gets loaned out and then has a disastrous year uh, wherever he gets, well, he gets loaned to. But I think... Conte's seen something in him. I think pre-season was all about making sure he wanted to get rid of Papi Gilibodji, uh, making sure he wanted to get rid of Baba Rama, making sure he wanted to get rid of Victor Moses. And Victor Moses played a blinder during pre-season. And we'll see, but I think Moses will be here for the season. And I, I think, think he will be as well. I think he's going to be an interesting player. He will drive at players. He'll also lose the ball. And sometimes somebody has to say, look, we're in the 93rd minute or whatever. Just take it into the corner rather than try and take three on. I'm going to put up my non, not convinced hand. Okay, on this no, one. it's see, fine. Let's see. Listen, I'm happy to be proved wrong. I'm, I'm not convinced. Okay. See, the, the issue is, is that um, I think sometimes because it is Chelsea, or you know, we look at Real Madrid or Barcelona, Manchester United, you know, th- these other bigger teams that you think that you've got to have a team of yeah, 18, no. 18 stars. Where I think Moses is a, you know, even last night um, in the press conference after Conte was talking about. Um, you know, the players buying into the team, they're putting themselves into the team in, to, you know, in terms of his, his ethic, you know, his, his ethos that he's trying to introduce uh, at, at the club. And players like Moses are the players he, he relies on to buy into that because they, they come off the bench, they're happy to be part of it. You know, Hazard's a star undoubtedly, but then you need that supporting role. I know? agree. I mean, I'm certainly not one for a team of superstars. I was voraciously upset when we sold Bertrand and bought in Philip Luis. You know, I literally, I still think, was one of... Mourinho's worst moves ever. And, you know, I, 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 you know, team players are great team players. I'm just not convinced. I think he loses the ball a lot. I think he, he tries to overcook it. And, well, you know what? We'll see. Well, we'll see. Happy to be, happy to be proved wrong you see, is this... where I will be on that one. No, that's fair because, for me, I'm at that stage for the first time in ages where we've got a new man, a new manager, Conte, and I'm going, OK, let's see what he can do because maybe... He's going to do something with some of these players that no one else has really done. That he's going to get the best out of them. That he's seen things in players. I get that. And I, I, you know, I'm in that blind faith moment at the moment, which is always beautiful. It may change in December, and you know, we're third from bottom, and nobody's bothering to kick a ball. But I just don't see it. For me, in in the press conference afterwards, um, or the interviews that I saw with Conte, the two words that he kept coming out with all the time were spirit and intensity. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought that was really interesting. Hang on, hang on. There was a lot of words that got repeated in that post-match. Technique got... Re- I mean, literally, he, he does have quite a good grasp of English, but I think it's quite limited because there was a lot of words that got recycled but there. I th- but I think what he's saying is, I came here yeah, no, and I- they didn't give a damn about everything. And he's got... A, there's a unity going on. There's a lot of mistakes still being made, but, you know, I know exactly what you mean. I think he gets... You know, just watching him. I mean, I mean, I've, I've got he's a little, intense. Little bit of man love for Conte straight away. Oh, I yeah, mean, we have. He's got that spark. You know, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, so, I, I am. I'm, I'm are having, we in? Whatever he says. Yeah, we are. We are in. But what what I found with it, and this is Antonio why Antonio um, Conte. <laughs> yeah. But what, what I found about it, uh, this was something that my reaction to it that I wrote um, 
was that it was the same old Chelsea, but in the best possible way, because I think that in mm. recent years there's been this fascination with trying to become Barcelona 2.0 and you know, Bramovich signing all these diminutive number 10s and trying to play with false nines and losing track of what made Chelsea Chelsea. And I think Conte has come in and he, he understands what made that team great for the past you know, 12 years. And there's, there's still elements of it. You know, obviously, a lot of those players have gone. John Terry's the last man standing. But there's still aspects of that spirit at the club. And I think that that's the Chelsea identity, that they've gone around a little bit embarrassed about winning trophies the way they have done. They've listened to the criticism and they've taken it on board too much. And it's, it's damaged their, you know, the, the way they've been looking at the transfer policy, etc. And I think Conte's come in and he's almost brought it back to that. And I know it was one game in isolation. It's the first game of the season. But just the way those players played, the way that they bullied West Ham, you know, it, it, was, it was going back to when Jose first came in. Not, not because I'm harking back to no. you know, um, so-called glory days, but that was what was really refreshing about it. And he wants to put his mark on this team, but he's doing it by incorporating what Chelsea have been. And he's back to playing with, you know, the way Costa played last night that I'll, I'll get criticised for it because I've said it a lot, but it was Drogba-esque. Is, you know, he was willing to, to run the hard yards. He's willing to be, you know, in the face of the defenders. He pushes the, the boundaries a bit too much sometimes, but he played that role. And then what does he do? He turns up and scores in the eight ninth minute. And the, en- the energy in the final third of the pitch was a completely different energy to what has been, you know, last season, where you'd get up there, get round the box, and just literally pass it round the yeah, box, yeah. and literally we'd be marked, we'd be marked out of doing anything. I mean, last night the creation and the energy was, it was there. It was yeah, really, I agree. I mean, I, you know, I was sitting the other end of the pitch, I think, and I was like, everything was up that end. Everything was, everyone was on their feet. You know, lots of oohs and ahs. I mean, it, it was brilliant last night. Yeah, I, had a great, great. First game of the season last night. Yeah, I, I think one thing I'd say is he got isolated a bit, um, uh, Costa. Uh, I think that was more because when Hazard, uh, uh, you could see uh, Conte just absolutely you know, going mental at times because he wanted the ball out wide and then whipped in quick for Costa to get on the end of. And Hazard would get it and he would want to cut inside and pass it into Oscar. And then, because what happened, there was a point where um, we, had, we had a break on and there was a big gap between their midfield and defence, and Oscar got the ball and tried to pass it out to William on the pivot, and he completely you know, spooned it out to the, you know, into the East stand. But Conte was giving him a big clap, big round of applause, because he could see what he was trying to do, yeah. and they were trying to spread it, and they were trying to get out to William to get it in the box, and that's going to take time for them to perfect that, but you can see the elements are there of what he's trying to achieve. You think and we're going to get back to the Duff and Robin days well, of that, flying is, down the wings? This is exactly what I put in my... Um, oh, was it? In, in my, yeah, it's a case of, you know... Uh, I was like, replace a Lampard penalty kick for Hazards and a Drogba goal for Costas, and you've got that element of it. But Chelsea are back to playing where they, they're not embarrassed to be hitting teams quick. You know, the amount of times I turn it over, and it's always the transitions Jose t- spoke about, like get the ball out to Duff and Robin and hit these teams. And it was a 4 1 4 1, but then it had that element of the 4 3 3 about yeah, it. And I, well, I, it, it drifted, it, it was very fluid. Yeah. You know, because Oscar was dropping back alongside Kante or alongside Matic. Which is why I think it helps having those two in there. Whereas, yeah. and just going on to Fabregas, I don't think it's the end for him, not playing. I think that it's a squad game and over the course of the season, there'll be games for him to play and there's games that he's not going to play. But you don't think he'll go? No. Um, no, I don't. You not, don't think not they're going to use, use him as a make weight to try and get Rodriguez, they're saying today? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm where not we'd sure want to go to. No, I'm not, I'm not sure he'd want to go there, given his Catalan connections, but yeah, that's exactly. just me I can't assuming. see, the re- you know, Figo did it, and he ended up with pig's heads thrown at him, didn't he? You know? <laughs> but that, that was direct, though, wasn't it, from, from Barca Yeah, it was Real, a direct but, corner. Yeah. That he yeah. Had <laughs> but it, yeah, but it's, but it's not like, you know, I, 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 it's like when the people got upset when Lampard went City, you know, we, we didn't give him a contract, and I, I could never understand why people were upset. It's like, you know, you've lost your job, you've got to get a job somewhere. Yeah. I understand it happened via the back door, and yes, yes. Oh, did you see his hat-trick this week? Yes. Fantastic hat-trick. Yeah. Still looking as sharp as ever. Well, it was against, yeah. uh, the, the funny thing was, it was against um, Colorado Rapids and Tim Howard plays in goal. And I, my tweet was, uh, <laughs> some things never change. Go to MLS, still score past Tim Howard. <laughs> but, yeah, but he's been getting a caning over in New York up until Well, he then. was, yeah. Now, yeah. now he's there. I, I was Here over right. there. And um, it was when they, they lost 7-0 to the New York Red Bulls. And I was at That's... the game and they were booing him when he came on. It was, re- it was really surreal. You know, he came off the bench and the announcer was like, Super Frank Lampard. And everyone just started booing. It was really weird being in this stadium with the home team, you know, booing him. And I was chatting to a few American journalists. I was like, 
you don't, don't get it. It's like, you don't get what you've got with this player. And uh, they're like, oh, you know, 9-11 stuff with John Terry and he's come over here and he's rinsing us for our money. I was like, it's because he's been injured. I was like, when this guy gets fit, this is all going to go. And now suddenly the headlines are from the worst MLS signing ever to suddenly one of the best. You know, just obviously, uh, everyone knows on this podcast what a, an amazing player he is. My favourite Chelsea player of all time, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think he's definitely... I don't know. Zola, Frank... And I'm not sure. Mickey Droy for me. Mickey Droy. <laughs> well, oh yeah. If, if we're going that far back, going... Doug Rugby. <laughs> Doug Rugby. Oh, all right, hold on. No, I've got. I've got to think of something brilliantly obscure. I'll come back to you on that one. But, uh, but you know, now I, I think you know we are seeing. Okay, he's only game one. But West Ham were no mugs. And Billich said, you know, okay, look, you, you know, really Costa should have been sent off before he scored the goal which he should have. I mean, it was a dreadful challenge on the keeper. Right to go for it. But when you saw it again, and it's, it rakes him from the back of the knee down to the ankle, it's, 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 it's done him Is properly. Is it intentional? See, that's the issue. It's like, and which I thought was nice. You can't ever tell, because when Costa turns around and stands up, he has this brilliant wide-eyed look of total innocence, as if... I, I think, who knows? Well, from what I saw, it looked like a yellow... And I think because of the nature of the first yellow, it was the first one for running across the pitch and being aggressive towards a referee, which we, we, we could get on to <laughs> who that later. Would have, who would have guessed yeah, yeah. it? But have been I think if he hadn't got that yellow card for that and he'd got a yellow card for something else, you know, something else a little bit more violent, I think he would have gone. And I think it was just that, oh, do we really want to send a player off when with the first, the, the descent, the yeah. new descent rules? So I... I, I I'm, I'm talking professionally here rather than as a Chelsea fan, but I didn't see an issue with it. it. It was late, but it wasn't reckless. It wasn't intentional. He was going for the ball. And I just think that in issues like that, that, that there's no intent. I don't think you can book a player. And that's what um, Billage's point was. And I just think that it's disappointing that Chelsea start this new era under a new manager. And it is only one game. No one's suggesting they're going to be winning the title or anything like that. But it's a positive oh, I change. Am. I'm <laughs> suggesting it. But it's, it's a positive change to what we saw last year. And all my colleagues in the media want to talk about is Costa, Costa being bin. this this villain and I just don't think this right unfortunately you know it's he made happen. a bed that he's got a lion for no, a while but sure I, I, but I just think that give give credit when credit's due and give criticism when it's due and I just don't think that no. had any other player made that tackle that we wouldn't be talking about it right now and you know it, I'm not convinced no no I don't but, care but, the, and but see the thing is is what I would rather focus on and again I'm talking professionally rather than as a Chelsea fan is the way Conte played that team and you know, the, the way he set it all up because we're here talking about how fluid it was and what they did and how these players got forward in certain positions. If Guardiola had got Chelsea playing that way, it would have been this tactical masterclass and it would have been a breakdown of it. You know, that there was all this surprise at the weekend that he had um, Clichy and Sanya playing in the middle when they were attacking against Sunderland and then they all dropped into certain positions. And Chelsea were doing that in a, in a way. You know, by the way, they've, they've utilised Matic in, in certain areas and that. And it's almost been forgotten about because all they want to do is talk about Costa. You know, first question. Interesting. Sorry to interrupt. It's interesting what you say about Guardiola and the fullbacks coming in and what we did. All of, both those managers have done something in the middle part of the park that allows the width to open up yeah. for other players. It's quite interesting, but in completely different ways they've done it. And, and the, the annoying thing is, is that the, the media will talk about it for Guardiola, but for cost... Do you, you know, think... Because, I mean, I, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, you know, at the Euros, everyone was talking about how he was the tactical genius that had taken a very, very, probably below-average Italy team and taken them a long way and, and, and played bloody good football as well. Yeah, and, and he was given credit for being yeah. a tactical genius. I, I, I still think, though, that... He's at Chelsea now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go into it that far, but I think that yeah. the, the, the issue is with, with Conte is that... There's, there's a respect there, but there's, he's made out too much to be of a caricature. You know, like, you know, I know you're calling him the godfather, but <laughs> you know, just, just leaning on those, those stereotypes of Italian managers and leaning on this idea of him being this, you know, the way he celebrates, I think, I think that's brilliant. But I think that because of that, it's almost that it gets overlooked. And now we want to focus on Costa. You know, the, the, the first question, the moment he came out yesterday and he sat down and it was just this hairdryer of Costa, Costa, Costa at him. And he dealt with it really well, but I, I just sat there and I was, I was chatting to someone, you know, I know very well. Um, I was just like, can't we talk about something better? You know, I just think it's too negative and 
I'm just, I'm just not happy with the fact but, that the talking I, I, point is cost and it shouldn't thing be. That we, which funny was on Bleacher when I first saw it. Yeah, it was. And 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 it was literally because his players would walk through walls for him, and he was literally like the, you know, he was the Godfather, and all, and he was this great person that that literally managed a very below average Italy team. And I'm not sure. I think he is given a lot of credit. We'll see. I mean, obviously Guardiola is is the kind of the the Queen Bee at the moment coming to the Premier League. But I, I think I think Conte's really going to show his yeah, worth. I and, really and, do. I've got a lot of faith. Also, don't forget, I'm, uh, you know, and I don't mean to be rude about them, but a lot of British journalists, I'm afraid, dwell on the wrong side of what goes on in football. And this has been a constant thing. And it's not just in football. It's across sport. And I, I think we're in a really poor age of journalism, if I'm honest, I'm a big part of that poor age. No, 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 but you're you're different. You know, you're not being tarred with that is The point is, regardless of whether I'm a Chelsea fan or not, going to that game last night, my focus was on something a whole lot different. I I just thought, I'm not criticising, you know, people that I've rubbed shoulders with every week and they're my colleagues as such. I don't want to be sticking the boot in too much. I just thought it was disappointing that Costa had a good game yesterday as well. And... All we want to talk about is the tackle on Adrian. That even the West Ham man, you know, Billy just let out a big sigh of air. It, you know, it's like it's the first game of the season. And we're talking about this. You know, that was his exact quote. He was and brilliant, actually, because he so also honest. he, he so also honest. said, but it really doesn't matter because Chelsea was so much better than us. Yeah. And I thought, I, I, I thought Bilic was fantastic mm. th- during the Euros. I thought he was a great pundit to have on. He's very honest. He goes, yeah, that could have been a red card, you know, ultimately. You know, maybe it could have been one for Kante. But it really doesn't matter. Look at what they did. Their front four were fantastic. As yeah. we said, they were fluid. They attacked us. Anyway, I've just got to do this because this is... Something to read out for you all. Um, stop what you're doing. Whatever you do with your spare time, whatever habi- hobbies you have, bin them. There's a new game in town, FanDuel. It's a brand new take on fantasy football, and I cannot get enough. Forget standard season-long fantasy, where you're stuck with your ropey team for months on end. FanDuel leagues only last a day or a weekend, so you start afresh every week. New team, new contest, new prizes. Pick your team from the weekend's fixtures, any formation you want. Just stay under the virtual salary cap of £100 million. Ooh, what I'd do with £100 million. <laughs> um, in fact, yeah, we'll talk about that. What would you do with £100 million? And it's got to be football-related. Um, player salaries change every week, so you need to be on point with your picks. So if you think you know your football, now's your chance to prove it. You can play friends in private leagues or put your team up to compete against football fans around the country. And it's up to you whether you put your money on the line because there's free and paid leagues. So go to fanduel.co.uk or download the app and search to enter. And there's a special offer for new users. Enter the promo code, which is the Chels, and Fanduel will refund your entry if you lose up to £10. So you get double the chance to prove that you're better than me. How does that work? I've got to enter this week and do it. Have you actually entered it, Gary? Yeah, I entered last week and I was really disappointed because um, the Chelsea game was on Monday, so there were no Chelsea players. Because my fantasy technique, or my strategy is... Um... My fantasy technique. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds a, sounds bit, a bit wrong, doesn't it? That's how, dis- that's how I dislocated my shoulder, is my fantasy technique. <laughs> um, but I, I tend to... I try not to pick rival players from clubs. That, so I don't, I've never picked Liverpool, City, United... Spurs or Arsenal, so I always go with the three Chelsea players plus a, a sprinkling of other others. Yeah, and but what's last week when what's I, left? Yeah, exactly. And, and last week when I did the it, there, there were no other. There was no Chelsea because the game was on Monday. So um, in the end, I just picked a random team where I had like players like Joe Hart in it who didn't play and <laughs> quality pick, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to go head to head with me because you're going to be yeah. fleecing me. Let's do it for money. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, go to FanDuel and enter and don't forget the promo code is the Chels. So yeah, back to, back to the football. I mean, yeah, there was a, a, a lot of things going on to look at and, you know, I, I have to say, I also really like the new kit. Yeah, it reminds me of the old, I think it was 19... 19- 82 speedy kit that had the stripes. Yeah. Going. I think they had tiny red, white pinstripes in between them. But That's right. Uh, Lecoq Sportif. If That's I, right. It was Lecoq Sportif. Yeah, and yeah. I, it reminds me of that kit, and I always like that kit. Yeah. No, I actually even thought I might buy one of those. I always um, thought, I, I thought with the 
the white collar being a bit thicker is a bit like the 55 championship winning kit, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's got a lot of historical right. sort yeah. of references, which, you know, um, we get, we're binning Adidas, aren't we, soon? For Nike. We're yeah. pa- no, we're paying Adidas off to sort of. To, to go to Nike. We're paying them a lot of money, get, but yeah. we're getting so much money off Nike, we don't care. Yeah, I suppose that's football shirts for you. But yeah, I, I like the new one. I quite like the way this is the, the style across their shirts, isn't it? The three stripes down yeah, the yeah. side now. And the one disappointing thing is that um, they've got lazy with their kit design because our away kit is basically Wales's away kit from the Euros. Apart from ours, hasn't got a, ours is a round neck, not a V-neck. But it's got the same, um, the same Pantone for the black, grey and the... I think everyone's changing so many... You know, in the old days, yeah. you change your home, then you're away the next season. Now you're changing four... I, I saw a fourth kit in the window last night, <laughs> I saw, which is probably the training kit or something. Oh, it, it is, is that um, fluorescent... Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm colourblind. It could be any colour. For all. It could be, <laughs> it could be anything. And they cost about 80 quid, so you can train like the players. But yeah. my gut won't get yeah. into it. So I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that happened, didn't Train it? like the players, not look like the players, it says. <laughs> well, that's right, wasn't it? Because actually, do you remember in the, in the Rugby World Cup, not this one, the one before last, they came up with this new style, this super yeah. tight <laughs> fit. And... They sold extra large, just didn't do it because it had this super tight fit. Yeah. And they had to make a whole load of new rugby shirts for the football fans. Because yeah. no football fan or rugby fan could get into the shirts. Yeah. I felt like, when I tried one on, I felt like that scene in The Full Monty where he's got the cling film wrapping around his he gut did, trying yeah, to tuck like, it in. Oh, like I need a corset to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you'll like that with your fantasy technique. But, but yeah, new, new kit is good. I like new kit. So, and it, it, this is our last year of Adidas, isn't it? It's yeah. night next yeah, year. Yeah, it's night next year. Yeah, so, you know, there you go. It'll be a historical kit. The last time we wore it. Did you see Mourinho just... refusing to sign a Chelsea shirt in China? Yeah, but that's fair enough, isn't it? Really? You're somewhere what, else. For a fan? Yeah. Mm, see, no. I remember when Drogba came back. What's a fan doing? Speaking of a Man U manager. Because he's Mourinho and he's, he's meant to mean everything to all Chelsea fans. And when, then still, uh, I, 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 I think, he, I, listen, for a man who earns that much money, and so I think he should have signed it. Yeah, well, when yeah. when uh, Drogba came back with Galatasaray in the Champions League, that was three years ago. I had the Chelsea shirt from that season. I was in the mix zone, and this is completely frowned upon, unprofessional. But I was like, oh, I've got, I've got to get you know, sign and sign my shirt. So I got him and Lampard to sign it, and he had no problem. He was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. It's a bit different, isn't it? You know? I don't know. I just think that it's Mourinho, isn't it? Like like Seb saying, you know, he means so much to Chelsea fans, and he's going to come back in October, and he's going to get an absolutely incredible reception because. There's so much affinity between him and the fans that it's not like he's just signing the Real Madrid one where he's got a little bit of a checkered history. You know, this is Chelsea where we made his reputation as much as he made ours. Uh, I, I, I just think that he's forever connected to Chelsea. It's kind of like I don't know being the stepdad of a a child, you know, or you know, leaving the home and not signing okay. your son's birthday if card. Man, you beat us in a Champions League final, and he starts running around doing stuff. Is he still going to be? But he should. Kid? But he should because he's the Man United manager. Yeah. yeah, I agree. No, no. I'm trying to get this out there because people don't quite understand that you can move on and still be part of a team's it's, history. It's, it's a job. It's yeah. a job. You know. But you know, of course, he should be celebrating. But I, I think actually refusing to sign a shirt for a club where he was so adored—that's poor. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, you know, he he does make some the odd sport decisions. One. Yeah, <laughs> May, yeah. Oh, I don't know. You know, but um, so I, how do you see when Batshuayi came on? He got the was, assist. I thought it was a f- fantastic header on because he he it was one of those he had to turn his neck muscles and put it in the right spot. It was brilliant. Okay, Costa then finished it off fantastically. He had a lot to do, but he looks more than potential last night to me. He looks as though actually he's got a good part. So he should play. do for thirty-five million. No, but but I mean, yes, I agree. That actually in pre-season he's missed. Quite a few one-on-ones and yeah. stumbled and got it wrong. That, as Gary said last week, have we spent 32 million quid on another player with potential as opposed to the finished thing? I think he'll get a you know, bit of game time for... Comp- well, no, at three competitions. <laughs> it's not four anymore, is it? Yeah, no. Just three, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I, I, I do we think we're going to get another striker? I mean, I, I think... They need to. I think so. I think, Rem- yeah. Remy wasn't on the bench last night and he's played about five minutes in pre-season. It's clear that they're just trying to get rid of him. But I think they're trying to use him 
as a, um, a make-weight in whoever they bring in. If I'm honest, though, none of the people that we've talked about have literally felt like they're going to change the world, well, the Chelsea world. I think Morata, you know, he's, he's not a one-in-two man. He never was. You know, he's a very creative player. You know, Lukaku, we know, goes missing. I mean, it's a lot of money for Lukaku as well. And now Jamie Rodriguez, who was doing fantastically and then had a very... Well, didn't get much chance at Real Madrid, so we don't quite know whether he's still up. There. I think he'd go missing in the Premier League. I have a funny feeling about him, and I think the he's issue. Could... Sorry, go on. Go on. Sorry. No, no, no. I was, I was going to say that the issue with with Rodriguez is that he's not actually a striker anyway. He's going to no, be, he's, he's not. going to become another yeah. one of those many he's number tens, yeah, those hybrid 10. players we got. Whereas yeah. I think that whoever we sign needs to be a foil to play off Costa. Whereas I think Morata might slot into that because he's not as prolific as Costa but he's a different type of player where the concern would be if you're playing Batshuayi and Costa together all season they're too similar but still Morata 70 million and yeah, no, I mean no. it's a lot yeah. of money Hold on. For, for someone who's not putting but a goal in the, goal yeah, in the back right. of net every two games and I mean the, for 70 million you want you want a one in two surely that's well, what you, well you want more than that for 70 million you yeah. want Suarez <laughs> yeah you know I'm sorry but if Higuain is 70 odd million then yeah. most of the rest of the world is 100 million because I've never rated Higuain. Never. <laughs> you know, I, I think no, they I paid quite for like him. Higuain. At, at, at Madrid, he, was, he just couldn't do it. Uh, he's had a pretty good year last year, but I just don't rate him. I it's, think what happened is uh, De Laurentiis at Napoli charged by the pound for, <laughs> for, for Higuain. If you've seen the size of him, it's like 90 million pound that we've got to pay for him. All oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. But, the, true, uh, you know, but... there's not a lot out there. Not, you know, it seems that 70 million doesn't buy you much this season, no, does but, it? But also, if, if you look at the Euros, the one thing that you really came, became apparently clear, how few strikers there are. Mm. You know, there was no striker that really dominated that tournament. It doesn't happen now. It's midfielders that dominate. And yeah. I, I think that's a concern, you know, for anybody. That's why strikers are so much money. You know, Lukaku, I'm, I still don't know. Phil really wants him to come to the club. Um, and you think... I wasn't unhappy when he left. I was unhappy when he left and became quite good. <laughs> Just because he, he didn't seem that good when he was with us. And when they said, I thought, yeah, that, never really that got feel like... No, I, I get that. But he didn't... You know, when I had seen him, you know, after not having many minutes on the pitch, he didn't, he didn't feel like the next Drogba, which is what he'd been touted at. And, and when he became quite good at Everton, I was a bit annoyed. Because, yeah, he was, he was quite good. But... I don't know, See, I, I just think that... He's found his level, though, at Everton. In the, yeah, I think you might be right. That he goes there and he's the big man and it's, everything goes through Lukaku. You know, give yeah. it to Lukaku and he'll do it. And I, I, at Chelsea, he's got to come in and he's got to be in a dressing room with bigger egos than him who have achieved so much more than him. I've had two Everton players tell me exactly what you just said. Yeah, and I, I just think that he... he yeah, you know, it happens to so many players, but they get yeah, that I'm big move. I'm trying to think who they might be. Who go to your club nights and things? <laughs> Probably Leighton Baines. Yeah, I, th- I think he's... He, He's a good player for, for Everton and he, he, he does a job. I just think that, you know, like, you know, like Demba Bar when Chelsea signed him, that he was doing it for Newcastle, but it was because yeah, he's, he, it was, he was the man and, and he needs yeah. to thrive on being the man. Big but, fish, little pond. Yeah, it? exactly. And, you know, when, when, he, when, when he comes to Chelsea, like he was, I know he was a lot younger than he wasn't his, his experience, but he was in drug with shadow the whole time. And when he came on, you could see that he just wasn't confident and that's why he couldn't control the ball because he was watching everything he did so much that he just wasn't playing an instinct. Whereas... At Everton, he's allowed to do it. And if he, you know, uh, misses an open goal or doesn't score for a few games, he knows he's still playing. Whereas at Chelsea, that's not going to happen. So with Bleacher seems to be knocking Icardi about as uh, being someone that might be an an outside choice because Arsenal wants him. So generally, we try and take players away from teams. I'd be a bit worried (laughs) if he came to Chelsea. Um, I think you're talking about my colleague, Dean Jones, who's talking about this as well. But... um, because then you'd, two, you'd have two serial shaggers in the dressing room with John Terry and Icardi because of, of, of his chequered history as well. So uh, I think you know, that dressing room's only big enough for JT at the moment. <laughs> Mind you, there's Thibaut Courtois as well, allegedly. Oh, of course, with, with De Bruyne, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we having De two's company frees a crowd as well, you know. Absolutely, you know. It's <laughs> basically just but, a dogging fest. Yeah. <laughs> Stan Collymore will come as assistant soon. Chelsea car park might be a little bit busier than usual. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why they built that underground car park. I think. <laughs> but it's possibly spurious some of this. But you know, um, interesting. Going on to Courtois again, um, I thought it was very interesting that he came out with all the things he um, came out with last week before the game. That you know, 
I know that Chelsea, and it was a bugbear of mine because I'd heard it at the end of last season that, you know, he wasn't that happy at Chelsea that he might want to move to another club. And he came out and made a statement saying, look, I am really happy at Chelsea. I don't want to go anywhere. I want to stay here, prove to the fans that I'm a decent keeper and get better. Because he did, I thought he had a poor season in, in many, many ways last year. Um, and I really hope he shows us what he had a poor relationship with members of staff. Lola I mean, well, Lola Shaw, yeah, we talked I, about that. I also week, think, I think that's a double edged sword. When you come out and say either someone goes or I go, you can't really have players calling the shots in the backroom staff. I think that's a really dangerous. It, it might be right. What everything he's saying might be right. Some of those things shouldn't be said. Shouldn't be in the press. Yeah. It should just be, you know, that yeah. should be between the management. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, and um, this is just me reading between the lines, but sometimes the agents have a lot to say on that, yeah, true. and he's yeah. doing best by his client, he sees it as, and those quotes coming out are probably the agent feeding them, he probably hasn't even said them, yeah. and yeah. it's being fed because of the Lollishon situation that was sort of well documented, but again, we don't know fully what happened, but he just disappeared under the radar, that they didn't make an announcement he'd left, it was just a case of his... Conte's new backroom staff and Lollashon wasn't there so maybe that's had a part of it and now he's happy because he's, he's working with a coach that he wants to work with mm. yeah no I, I think it's interesting you know I'm, what I'm, I'm sort of getting at is that already this season we're hearing positive things from players themselves and that really didn't happen very much last year so I think I think we're on the up and I think we're we're trying to you know, get this unity back together again. And I think that's something that should be applauded. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose if you had to take something out of last night's game, what would it be? For me, it would be seeing Kante. Kante for me is going to be a superstar. I'm certain of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's for me, it would be the energy in the final third. Yeah. For me, it'd be um, just going back to the idea of the collective spirit of what Chelsea's about, that... There's, I think we, we, we contradict ourselves as a club in that we've got this mega rich owner that's funded us to the hill and he's got these deep pockets that have bought, you know, fast forwarded our success beyond all belief. But at the same time, over the last decade, there's been this beating heart at the centre of the club and there's been a soul to it that we sort of allowed to go. But I think Conte now, just on last night's evidence at least, is attempting to bring that back and even down to the point of um, it was only a, a win against West Ham, but the way he's energising those players coming on. It reminded me of when we beat Barcelona 4-2 and Jose was on the pitch, you know, swinging his arms around, jumping on JT and just seeing him hug John Terry and you see the camaraderie there already and that there's these two warriors together and you've got the captain who's implementing on the pitch, you've got the manager trying to do the same from the sidelines and the players coming together like that. I know it's only a, a one-off game, you know, we could turn up to Watford on Saturday and lose and it means nothing, but I think that... You could just see what he's trying to do, not so much playing, but what he's trying to give the club. You know, he sees it as the club and bringing in that whole, you know, mindset, that whole ethos back to what made Chelsea Identity. what it is. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I I saw that in the Euros with him for Italy, and when you saw when Italy were losing, you saw the passion and the and the control, the control he over he had of every single player on that pitch. And, you, and then when Hodgson was losing, you just saw him with his head in his hands, not saying anything. He's not, you know, that's the man. You know, we, yeah. we want Conte. He's literally got energy, and I think literally he creates a cohesive unit and people will work very hard for him. Yeah, yeah. I think I, that's true. I think the best thing about it is um, I was chatting to one of my friends in America who had been watching the game, and um, he, he was asking about what I think of Conte and that, and, you know, I'm a make no... Apologies for I'm a massive fan of Jose, but I, but I just think that Conte, for a lazy comparison, is like Con, uh, is, is Jose about the politics. Mm. And I think that when Jose first got into football, there was that that level of um, I don't know if want of a better term, the purity about him that he was there for the football. And then suddenly Jose's became become the brand, and that can get the better of him. And I think you see what he's done at United that once he takes himself out of the out of the, you know everything that's going on, and he starts seeing it from a different perspective, he starts making the the wise choices again, which is what he seems to be doing on the early evidence of what United are doing and the way they're going to be playing. And I think that Conte is that, what Jose was when he first came in in 2004. I'm not saying he's going to play the same way or be the same as Jose. He's going to be his own man, of course, but I think there's an element about him and that's what Chelsea thrive on. I think that in the past, you know, um, managers like Villas Boas have been the right fit in terms of what they try to do, but you need to be a certain type of character. 
and yeah. I don't think they fitted it. Whereas, and I think the same with Di Matteo. They don't, they don't fit that. You know, he's a legend as a player and everything he did with the Champions League and winning it. But for the longevity, he lacked that character. And I think that someone like Conte, I think he's got that about him that's going to you know, lead Chelsea into the direction, getting back on the path that they should never have gone off in the first place. It's possibly so, just too early for Di Matteo, I think. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think, you know, he's not, he was not as experienced then. You know, it's, I think but, he's too nice a guy. We'll see what happens at Villa as well. I think that's a tough, tough ask. First win, brave. In, first win brave. in six months. Yeah. Yeah. Bra- brave taking it on. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, but it's a hiding to nothing, isn't it? Nobody expects anything. So, actually, if you get it right, you're a hero. But, you know, we'll see. But, um, yeah, talking about the path Conte's leading us on, I suppose he's leading us up to uh, the nether parts of North London, isn't he, this weekend? Watford away. That's going to that's gonna be an interesting sort of... He's getting a, a, a real flavour of the Premiership. His <laughs> mental sort of London derby against West Ham where it's all... You I know, just think it's incredible. I thought the atmosphere was really good last yeah, night it was. as well. Yeah. I thought it was really buzzing and everyone was up for it and fireworks as well. Oh, you were so right that actually it was a great way to start on a Monday night because I was moaning about it not being on the weekend. And he said, no, it'd be one of those nights, you know, like those cup games. Yeah. Everyone will be up for it. And you're absolutely right. It was, it's brilliant, I thought. But yeah, I mean, Watford... Um, it's a it's a reality check for him. Here he goes to Vicarage Road, which is a funny old place to go at the best of times. And it'll be the other side of how the Premiership is, where he'll go and find a very stubborn side. Um, yeah. And I think it'd be a tough old game. Be interesting to see. What do you think? He'll play the same sort of side. I think so. I, I think, think so. I, th- I think he'll stamp an identity <laughs> that will be more or less the same. For a while, at least, anyway. He strikes me as less of a rotational manager. Mm. He likes his side Well, especially out there. at the back, he can't afford to be at the moment. Well, but he can't rotate four players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's the issue that Chelsea had last year was that um, I always fought against some of the better teams that City aside, because they completely and utterly trounced us both games. But I thought they were in the games more because these teams were willing to open up and play football. It was against the, the so-called lesser teams where they struggled. And Leicester, uh, sorry, um, Watford on Boxing Day when... Oh. We should have beat them, but Oscar skied that penalty. But they still gave us a lot of problems in the way that they set up and the way they play. And I think that's you know power to them because they're the so-called minnow coming in, and Chelsea have got to go and earn the right to beat them. And I think that that's what Conte's teams do. They go and they earn the right to win the game. You know, they earn the right by working hard as a unit, by grinding them down, and then that's when you see the better players come in and do their thing. And I, I think that's what will happen on Saturday. Well, we had more movement, didn't we, last yeah. night? And that was the thing last year. Oh, they've got all their players back defending. What do we do? Yeah. And I think that's what he's trying to do. He's going, well, look, that's what you have to beat. You have to go and move. You have to go here. You have to go there. You have to run there. Yeah. You have to work twice as hard. Which is why he's constantly on the sideline, you know, um, cheerleading, because he's making sure that... You know, it, it was interesting as well. Like, it was in the second half, and um, it was just before... Cause when, when did we score? Like, 48th minute, something like that, wasn't it? It was just before the goal, and Hazard had drifted inside. And Conte, he didn't sit down the whole game from what I could see, but he no, just he got up and screamed at him. And Hazard just looked over his shoulder and he didn't even say anything. And he just wrapped back to him still, but just ran out to hug the touchline. And that's what, and he, the whole time he's just like pointing fingers out, you yeah. know, like, William, Hazard, get wide, get wide, because that's the only way you're going to split those teams. Because then the amount of space that was giving Costa to come through the middle, that the balls were coming in, he looked, he was about a yard or two behind the game that if he if was latched onto those crosses, he'd have had a few goals. But it created so much room for him to have an impact. And it was just a... It wasn't perfect. And I don't think it was a, a performance that you know, can give us confidence we're going to win the title. But I think it's a, a performance that restores what we thought Chelsea should be. We're going to compete. Yeah, no, and yeah. we're going to compete. And that's, that's it. And I think we'll get top four again. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I think we're going to win the title. Top four is where I want to be. I, I think I, at this stage, after that one game, I think we can look at it confidently and say that, you know without having the emotional reaction as, as fans as you tend to do. You know, when I was younger, was, who's going to win the league? Chelsea. Mm, well, we just about beat relegation last year. Come on, be serious. <laughs> but but it, was, it was that emotional, you know, yeah, yeah. flat, you know, colours to the mast approach. But I think that anyone looking at it properly will look at, you know, and think that if Chelsea continue playing like that and they're in the mix come November time, that you can start talking about as being title contenders still. I think I'm talking about it now. I think another signing or two, we've got a top four team and a top four manager, and I think we'll do all right. Yeah, well, I'm picking it and saying we're going to win the title. I don't care (laughs) after 90 minutes. I don't care. So, okay, so Watford will be a tough one. We think it'll be the same sort of side. 
What's the prediction? And we, we're also playing in the Cup next Tuesday, aren't we? Yeah, against Bristol Rovers. So we should quickly mention that and whether he'll play the same sort of side or will he be like, I don't take Well, against seriously. Bristol Rovers, I can't imagine, but it'd be, it'd be good to see. I personally don't rate him, but it'd be good to see Olareno play it right back in that game and then give, um, yeah, and... give Rubes a go in the middle. Um, should we have brought Christensen back? Well, we couldn't. We couldn't. Oh, could we not? No, there was no clause. Two-year two loan, and there was no clause to bring oh, him back. Really? Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, and I, I just likened it to with him thinking of when JT was coming through under Desai, and that yeah, JT that... was coming in and out of the team a lot, and Desai was the man, you know, in the was dressing. That, was that your thing on Bleacher Report? I read about. What, why they shouldn't have let, yeah. That. And Desai nurse, Yeah, nurturing. there we go, yeah. Was that yours? Yeah. And I, I, oh, I thought that was such a great well, piece. If, I was thinking, if you enjoyed it, it oh, and it was poetic, and come on. <laughs> oh, let's all stroke. I'm on Bleacher a lot, but literally, I did really like that piece. I Getting hot under the collar here. I'll give you my number after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you can share. No, let's not even talk about that. So... Moving on very quickly. Um, I've gone red now. I'm all embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, actually, about our microphones, that um, it looks like the Italian flag as well, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I've got the green. Seb's yeah. got the red. You've got the And he thought that was pony, the, the flag thing last night. Well, Conte was close to tears. He was said, he? Yeah, he was like, oh, the emotion. My wife and daughter were here, and we saw the Italian flag, and we absolutely loved it. Oh. What were the foil flags up in the... Yeah, because it was, it was the, Italian was the Italian flag. flag. Oh, you couldn't see... From where I was standing, they just looked like bits of tin foil. Oh, yeah. That's what Andy said. He thought it was rubbish. I couldn't... I couldn't... No, because they just looked like tin foil. You couldn't see the colours on them. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It was because they were reflecting off the the floodlights. Literally, we had no idea what was going on. Yeah, it was... uh, Yeah, red, red, silver and green. green. They just looked like people were waving around Baker foil. Yeah, but he yeah. he loved it. Conte, he, he oh, was. Okay. Um, well, tell Andy that when you see him, because yeah. he thought it was rubbish. Anyway, right. quickly, we better do predictions for the two games. Watford, please first. Seb, two 0 Who two? Chelsea. Good, good. Uh, Gary, um, I can see us conceding, um, so yeah. I'll go for three one. I'm going four one. That's it. So right, Bristol. Oof, harder because we don't know what team we'll put out I'll go for a 3-1 I'm going to go 5-0 batch Shwai hat-trick Whoa, I was going to go 6-0 <laughs> <laughs> uh, batch Shwai and Loftus-Cheek two hat-tricks <laughs> the makeshift striker Loftus-Cheek yeah exactly well you know Conte's seen something I'm going to trust in Conte yeah. anyway it has been a fantastic start to the season and let's just all remember we're not gooners. Can I just ask one thing as well? Did anyone notice about the pitch last night? I haven't had a chance to ask anyone at Chelsea, but I think they've made the pitch smaller. There seems to be more space behind the goals at the Matthew Harding and the We and can't the shed. You, mean, you mean in length? Yeah. Not width? No, in, in length. Because I think that, and mm. it makes, sort of makes sense because it means the players can press more. And yeah. I wasn't sure if anyone else noticed it. I asked someone um, on the website and they weren't sure. And I haven't had a chance to ask anyone at the club if they've deliberately made the pitch shorter in length. Yeah, because, because it's got to be within certain... It's, yeah, yeah. It's about five, like five or ten metre. It yeah. seems that there's more space behind the goal at the shed and the Matthew Harding, which um, well, I thought they couldn't have moved the advertising to more energy back. To, to the wingers getting up and down. That yeah, and it, I, I guess it makes sense and allows them to press more and play football yeah. in that half without getting well, I'll tell too you what, tired. Take your tape measure along for the next game. Have a little measure <laughs> I, might up. Do, I might get Ranieri down back, the you know, side I mean, again. With you and your tape measure and your DIY, <laughs> I'm sure you can sort that out. Right, well, we better go. Well, thanks very much for joining us uh, tonight, Seb and Gary. Uh, Thank you. This has been The Chels. Don't forget to get into Fan Duel, and we'll see you all next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.